Welcome to the Life Self Mastery Podcast, where we bring in entrepreneurs who have created online businesses and improved their lifestyles. Here's your host, Rohit Malhotra. Hi everyone, this is Rohit from Life Self Mastery. Today I'm excited to have Fran Bilal Balasikara, who's a young entrepreneur who's the founder of Internex. Internex is working on disrupting thrilling industries through the use of revolution in technology. The first service, xCloud, is a decentralized cloud storage service that strives to become more secure and more private version of Dropbox, iCloud, and, and Google Drive. Uh, Fran earned his bachelor's degree in international business administration at Rotterdam School of Management. Welcome to the show, Fran. Fran. Hi, thank you. Yeah, uh, I'm glad to be here. Awesome. So, you know, uh, uh, I, you know before before we talk about internet, you know, what point is how did you get your start in the world of uh, startups? Well, I've always uh, kind of been interested in you know uh, doing my own stuff. I've you know back in the days when I was like 13 years old, I started learning coding, and uh, you know ever since then I you know I started some small web hosting projects. Like I think uh, many people have uh, started web hosting projects in the industry. Um, I started working at a company called Hostinger, which is a cloud company. And, uh, you know, after learning about, you know, uh, what the cloud industry was and uh, getting some experience in coding technology and earning uh, my bachelor's degree, I started Internet. Um, you know, there, there were many issues that I saw during all those years in the internet industry and in the cloud industry that we wanted to, you know, to, 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 to basically fix, to get, to get solved and to tackle here at Internet. And that's basically what we're doing. Sorry. And, uh, you know, you've, you've talked about uh, disrupting uh, the industry, especially when it comes to uh, cloud storage service. But how do you, how do you plan to make yeah. data storage uh, more centralized, more secure and more affordable? Right. So uh, our first service, uh, as you mentioned, is a cloud storage service. Um, the, the, the name while we were actually developing, it was xCloud, but now uh, it's actually called Internext Drive. Uh, much more simple. So um, essentially, uh, the main difference to uh, you know between Internet Drive and uh, all these other services like Google Drive, Dropbox, and all the ones you mentioned, is that um, we client-side encrypt data so that we don't store your decryption key. So Google encrypts your data, but they can decrypt it. You have the key, uh, and on top of that, what we make sure is that uh, when you upload your data on the client, the data gets fragmented. And uh, you know, uh, servers uh, what they host is encrypted data fragments. So, in you know, uh, in practical uh, words, what that means is that if a hacker was to hack one of our servers or whatever, they would just find encrypted data fragments, which are basically useless. And we ho- we don't host the decryption key, so uh, even if they hacked us, they can't get access to the files. And that's basically how we are ensuring that, unlike with other providers where they can sell your data, they can see your data or they can get hacked, like it happened with iCloud, with all these pictures uh, from celebrities that got leaked on the internet, or with Google that they're constantly, you know, uh, reading your, uh, analyzing your emails, your, what you write on Google Docs. With Internext, we make sure that your data remains yours. And that's basically how we're doing it. Right, and, and you know, in spite of a uh, 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 great number of subscribers when it comes to, you know, companies like Dropbox and iCloud and Google Drive, why do you think, you know, they're not, they've not, being able to solve the problem of making the, the whole process more secure and affordable. Right. So essentially, when it comes to our big competitors, we're seeing that, uh, you know, they're usually data giants, they're big tech corporations, uh, Google, Facebook, Microsoft, all these companies, they're public companies, and they're also very rigid in what they can and can't do. So we can move much faster to, to kind of tackle these trends. 
Um, whereas for these companies, very often they're just data giants. They rely a lot on data for their business model. Like Amazon, they rely a lot on data to be able to know what to sell to you. Uh, Google for their Google Ads business, which is basically the main source of income. Um, you know, they, they, they rely a lot on that data and essentially uh, in starting to encrypt data and truly caring about privacy uh, conflicts a lot with their business model because then they will basically just lose all their money, all the money they're generating and, uh, and that'd be a, a huge issue. So that's basically one of the main reasons why these huge companies don't truly embrace data, uh, data privacy. And um, yeah, I mean, I, 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 honestly, when you, when, when you build a service like this, you want to make sure that it's built around privacy from the ground up. Uh, so if now Facebook, uh, so for example, Facebook with WhatsApp, they say that they're encrypting messages or whatever, nobody truly believes Facebook or, uh, you know, people, even if they were to do it at some point, uh, like actually embracing privacy for real, uh, they have, you know, that legacy of not respecting the user and, you know, honestly, their services are not truly built around privacy either way. So we've built our service around privacy from the ground up. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think Facebook has, uh, has got a bad reputation when it comes to privacy. Um, uh, you know, I wanted to understand what is what are your uh, pricing structure and how do you how do you charge your product lower than other cloud computing companies? So how do we charge it in terms of pricing? You mean? Yes. Yeah. So as for pricing, it's very similar to what people are used to seeing. So we've not reinvented the wheel where we saw it wouldn't make sense. So in terms of UX, pricing and all these stuff, features, we've made sure that they were very industry standard uh, with the added, uh, you know, uh, privacy uh, feature that we are, you know, uh, you know, bringing to the table. So when it comes to pricing, we've got a free plan. So it's a freemium subscription business model. So we've got a free plan that goes uh, uh, up to, for, for up to 10 gigabytes. And then we've got subscription plans that go up to two terabytes of storage per user. And then in terms of pricing, they go from one euro to 10 euros uh, per month per user. And yeah, that's basically our pricing. They're, you know, it's very industry standard uh, as well as our features and everything. We wanted to make sure that users were very comfortable with using our service. And, uh, you know, we, we just literally focused a lot on uh, making what truly differentiates us, which is a privacy feature, uh, making that truly unique and uh, stand out. <clears throat> Got it. And, uh, you know, when, when it comes to selling a, selling a, product, a SaaS product like yours, uh, what, what are the, some of the sales strategies that you use? Do you use a lot of paid acquisitions or do you, do you look at, you know, organic growth? Uh, what, what right. So uh, that's a really good question. So uh, I think, you know, many SaaS companies or, or, or yeah, they, they probably have the same question. For, for us, uh, where we're seeing obviously the biggest ROI or the most positive ROI is uh, for obviously organic and uh, performance marketing or affiliate marketing. So we're using a tool called Impact, Impact Radio. I don't know if you're familiar with it. So it's basically an affiliate marketing tool. Uh, there's many of them like Awin, uh, there's, there's a lot of them. Um, and the good thing about these tools is that you pay uh, a commission based on the sales they bring you. So it's always ROI positive per nature. So we're, we're growing a lot with that. We, we, you know, we, we're able to get into a lot of uh, really cool uh, websites. Um, so basically all, all these rankings that you see on Google, uh, where you get best cloud storage and stuff like that, we're able to get on those uh, ranked higher because of you know, these uh, tools that uh, allow us to pay a commission to these uh, partners. And um, basically it's a win-win for both. Uh, and that's where we're seeing the biggest ROI. Uh, but also, you, you know, we're doing a lot of ads. Uh, we're doing, we're using Brave ads, Brave browser. They're a privacy-focused browser. We're doing a lot of ads there. We've seen, uh, you know, a, a, a good return as well. 
Um, but yeah, you know, we, we, in terms of paid acquisition, we, 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 we're spending a lot of resources with our product manager, our engineers, uh, our, 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 our PPC managers to, to actually see what, um, you know, what campaigns actually work in terms of ROI. Because uh, we do know that if we want to scale, uh, what works best at scale is ads. Uh, so PPC stuff. Um, because the, the bad thing about, you know, um, performance marketing or organic is that that's very healthy and stuff, but it, it's not that fast to grow with that. So when it comes to fast growth, which is what we're all about, this past year, we grew over a thousand percent year over year in 2021. So that's around a 24% month over month. Um, this year, we also, we also want to grow fast, but when it comes to, you know, escalating that growth at these sizes, we will probably have to rely a lot on paid, paid acquisition. So we you know, spending a lot of resources on, resources on, on, on ad optimization and actually seeing what works. Interesting. And, um, you know, I wanted to understand what, what you had a fantastic growth, you were growing 24% month over month, but uh, what were the sort of revenues you, you saw in the, uh, in the last year or so? So what, what, how, how did we grow so much this past year? Or? Yeah. Uh, and can you talk more about uh, what were your top line and bottom line margins when it came to, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, the growth in 2020. Uh, if you you know comfortable sharing 2021. So so, 21. so so we launched our product in 2021. So oh, we okay. so 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 we've been a few years building our product. Uh, a year ago, we launched the first stable version of the product, which is Internet Drive. Uh, and basically, you know, at the very beginning, so we had this this community of, this community of people who cared about privacy. Uh, and you know, we, we rely a lot of on, a lot on organic and early adopters. So at the very beginning, you can rely on early adopters and organic. Because growing so early uh, is relatively, or, or it's, I mean, I'm not going to say it's easy because it's also really, really hard because you have to build a product that has a product market fit and that's really hard. And getting that in an initial traction is actually really hard, but you can gain it with organic. Um, the thing is that when, so for example, right now in January uh, 2022, so we are at 100,000 euros in monthly revenues. Um, so, we want to hit 200k MRR by December this year. Um, so that's a, a big number, uh, right? So for that, we are pretty we're pretty scared. So we, uh, we you know, we want to make sure we achieve it. We have the, the, the funnels, we have the tools, we have the, the data, uh, but we, uh, you know, we want to make sure we hit that number. So for that, we will very likely this year uh, need a, a round. Uh, we, we already did an investment round uh, a year ago uh, to kind of, Build the product uh, uh, and stuff. We didn't really spend much of that on on acquisition, but this round that we're raising this year, we wanna uh, you know spend on or we wanna invest on on growth. Um, so yeah, Mailman is an email assistant that shields you from unimportant emails, minimizing interruptions, and making your days calmer and more productive. You can visit mailmanhq.com and use the code LSM. Uh, which gives you the benefit of 15% off for the first year on the annual plan, uh, which already has 20% discounted compared to the monthly plan. So you can visit mailmanhq.com and use the code LSM. Interesting. And, uh, you know, can, can you talk more about your clients? Do you focus on the, mm -hmm. the startups, SMBs, or the large enterprises? Yeah. How do you so in terms of market segment, uh, so we're very... Um, very much like Dropbox or Google Drive. Uh, so we're very B2C, so B2C and B2B SMEs. So we're not going into the enterprise uh, market segment, I would say. So we're basically, you know, just uh, going into SMEs, so into volume. So at Hostinger, which is this web hosting company I worked at for four years, 
we also worked volume very much. So we, we you know, we worked uh, into getting uh, freelancers or small businesses, uh, create websites and stuff. So at, at Internex, we, we want to do the same for cloud storage. So targeting that very, that the same micro segment. So and in terms of who is actually using our product, so it, I mean, it's mainly a male audience um, in the United States and Europe. Um, we do also have a big presence in India. Um, yeah, uh, and, and basically, you know, in terms of who who is actually using it. So at the very beginning, we had a lot of early adopters who cared about, you know, decentralization of the data decentralization. Uh, you know, privacy, like super, super, super niche users, like, uh, and that's good, good because they they helped us to grow our early product. But now that we're getting more into the mass market, we're seeing an increasing uh, number of, uh, you know, just just normal people who, for example, prefer Apple to Google. So when you choose Apple, you usually, uh, you know, pr- potentially care more about privacy um, because Apple is also kind of embracing that a bit better than Facebook, Google, and so forth. So we're getting a lot of those normal users, so to speak, that you know just care about you know the pictures they upload on the cloud or files or whatever that they don't get compromised or or shared with anyone else. Got it. And uh, and you also talk about uh, investments that you're looking to uh, uh, to, to get more investments for your, for your startup. Uh, what's been some of the biggest lessons when it came to uh, raising funds? You know, uh, sometimes raising money can be a full time job, and and as a CEO, you need to uh, look at uh, you know running the operations of the company uh, as well as raising funds. Do you think it helps to have a co-founder, or do you think it's uh, a single founder can also uh, run operations and and get investments? Right. No. Yeah. So, so you're totally right. So um, you know raising a round is a indeed a potentially full-time job, uh, especially the first round we raised. So I have eighty percent stake at Internex. So twenty percent I sold uh, when we did the first round. Um, we, we, we got a, f- a few VCs join our company. Uh, probably the most known one is the Venture City. They are Miami-based VC. Um, but we also have uh, Sada University, uh, which is a university from here in Spain, and uh, Angels Capital, which is another VC. Uh, so that first round, I think, is probably the hardest, I would say. I mean, obviously, I don't have that much experience. But um, for me, what I'm seeing is now that we're raising the second round, the Series A, um, now that we've got this traction, we've got the resources to, you know, we've got a CFO, we've got a really senior team. Uh, so for example, our CMO, she was, she worked at marketing at Proton Mail, which is one of our competitors, um, a performance marketing manager, uh, affiliate manager. She was the affiliate manager at Proton Mail as well. We recently hired a PPC manager of NordVPN, which is another company from the industry. Um, so now that we have a much better company, I think it's easier for us to raise funds and actually choose from investors. So um, I think it's, uh, I don't know, I think potentially the hardest part for us is already over. We've gained that initial traction uh, without a lot of resources. We raised it first round. So the rest, as long as you don't um, die, in, or, or, or I mean, I wouldn't say die, but um, because now it's also harder to die. But there's a threat to, comp- to fast-growing companies where if you don't keep growing fast, you kind of die out. Like you, nobody cares about you. So okay. we just have to make sure that we keep, you know, gaining traction. Uh, but as long as we do that, uh, we're fine. Got it. And, and, and you know, uh, when, when you're growing a company, uh, uh, I, I think uh, CEO is always looking at either capital allocation or talent uh, allocation. And, and it's interesting to know that you've... Uh, hired some really high quality people and I want to talk more about about talent acquisition you know how, how do you think about hiring the best 
very best people, uh, for example, your CMO and CFO, what did you look into into their profiles when you looked at hiring these pro, uh, these professions? Right. So one thing that we learned is that, uh, so, I mean, also it, it depends on the stage that you're at, but uh, at the very beginning, when you, when you have a company, uh, so for example, for us, we had a lot of junior people. So uh, like 20 in the twenties or something. Um, and that's fine because obviously, you know, good people or people with more experience, they don't want to join your company because it's just like some, some project. Right. Um, but this year we, you know, we, we, we're actually getting more senior people join our company. And uh, basically, you know, what we're looking into, you know, what, 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 when, we, when we're hiring, what we're looking into get is, you know, people that have grown a similar company uh, into the level that we want to hit. So if we want to hit Series B level, uh, you know, next year or so, we want to make sure that we have people from ProtonMail, that they have 50 million active users or NordVPN, they're also huge. And people that, you know, scaled up those companies, we want to, you know, we want to have that into next. And that's basically what we're focusing on. Interesting. And, you know, what, what interview questions do you think are crucial to ask uh, when you're hiring, you know, high quality people? What precaution? Uh, no, what, what interview questions do you think are crucial? Uh, do you think, uh, on, because, you know, you, you just get, say, uh, an hour's time of a person uh, to get to understand about, about the depth and knowledge about, of, of, of their experience. But are there any questions which you would advise entrepreneurs to ask uh, so that, they you you understand you know uh, about the potential of the candidate i mean that's a really complex question but what i do make what, what i do want to make sure when i ask questions uh to to employees is uh to actually see and i think this is very important that employees that you hire they're very uh you know they're very much like like you or, or in the same tune so you want to make sure that they fit your culture so uh, essentially when we talk to them, I mean, I, I wouldn't say it's so much about one specific question, like one magic question. I, I would say it's more about, you know, how the interview goes and seeing if that person matches your culture and you're fine and you're actually comfortable working with that person. And if that person truly cares about your company, uh, because often, you know, you get employees who just care about money, who maybe they don't fit your culture uh, and then you're not so comfortable working with them. And especially for strategic positions, which are basically like 90% of what you're hiring in the first years, they're all very strategic positions because you know, they're building the company with you. Uh, you want to make sure that they are very well aligned with you and that we are trying to make sure. So uh, you know, we, we, we've made mistakes where we've got people who weren't aligned with us. And as I said, this past year, 2020, 2021, we made a lot of cleanup in our team. So we, as I said, we, we fired a lot of junior people and people who match our culture. And this year, you know, we've got a super strong team. I would say, you know, a team that's ready to scale and, um, you know, a company that's actually ready to grow. Very interesting. And uh, are there any leading indicators that, uh, that you, you can understand about an individual uh, who has the ability to scale with the company? Hmm. Any ability indicators that, uh, that show you if someone is uh, ready to escalate with the company? Yeah. I mean, I would say uh, you need to make sure, uh, obviously, you, you obviously need to make sure that that person is knowledgeable and that's that's smart. Uh, but you also need to make sure, I think, uh, to some extent, I mean, obviously, that there's also hard, they're also hardworking uh, because, uh, you know, especially at the beginning, there's a lot of work to be done, uh, many hours. Uh, but you also want to make sure that they're ambitious uh, because, uh, you know, you're building a fast-growing company and if you don't have ambitious people who, you know, truly care about, building perfect products, 
if, if they don't care about the company, they, if they don't care about the customer, that's going to be shown. That's going to be shown in the product, and you don't want that. So you want to make sure that people meet that criteria, and that's hard to get because obviously, you know, people. I mean, when you're when you're a founder, you have all those traits, or you, it's more likely that you have those those traits. Especially if the company goes well, it's very likely that you're smart, that you're you know good with people, with, with, with managing people, that you care about the company, that you dedicate a lot of hours. But uh, finding people that match that criteria is hard. But obviously, you know, we've spent a lot of time in that. Today, I have an interesting stat for you, Judy. Note that the founder of Beautiful Lives increased the social media presence by 10x. They managed to publish consistently and effortlessly using a robust social media management tool called Social Pilot. Social Pilot is a cost-effective social media tool that helps businesses scale their social media marketing efforts. Use lifestylemastery.com slash socialpilot to get a 14-day free trial. Got it. And, uh, you know, I've been into startups and there have been situations where, you know, I've taken a, a bit of a salary card, but, but do you think candidates uh, should take pay cuts to join startups? So should candidates, um, so, so should, should, should candidates have, have done their own startups before or should candidates be allowed to do their own startups while they are? Uh, uh, no, should they, should they uh, do, do they have to take a pay cut to join a startup? Uh, because you know a lot of startups don't work out, and you you're looking for an for an equity. But but you know what if they're coming from a big company, but they want to join a startup with a great title. But uh, would you advise uh, people to to take pay cuts to join startups? Pay cuts, uh, pay cuts, as in getting paid less money, basically, right? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, um, I mean, it really depends. Uh, I would say it really depends on your personality. So for me, um, I really like this kind of stuff, but you have to be, obviously it's totally different. I worked at a big company. Uh, I worked at a small company, uh, a fast growing company. I mean, it's a totally different dynamic. Uh, obviously, you know, it really depends on when you're working on, on where you're working. Um, but if the project is exciting and you're, you know, this sort of person that likes to work a lot of hours, if you're very ambitious, because usually when you work at a big company, what we see, and that's a lot of the people that we hire, people who work at big companies that are ambitious, that they're not growing fast because you're, when you're a big company, you're just one more person doing very small stuff. Here you have, here at Internex or at, basically at any other fast growing company, you're having a lot of uh, incentives to grow. You're having a lot of impact. It also requires more work, right? Uh, and more implication, but it, it really depends on what you want to do with your life and where you're at. Usually, you know, if you're, as you get older, you don't really have that, you're more risk averse. So you probably, you know, you've got your family and you just want to make sure that, you know, you've got a job where you're fine and stuff. So you don't want to take the risk of going into, into a startup. Uh, but usually people we hire are people who are a few years at a big company like NordVPN, Proton Proton, huge companies. They've got uh, almost like a thousand employees. And, you know, we hire people who are there for a few years and we see that after talking to them, you know, they, wanna, they want more out of their career. And they're relatively young in the 30s or so. And we usually even pay them more money. I mean, we, if, we, if you're growing, you should sometimes, I mean, some, something we did was paying little money to our employees by hiring junior people. But sometimes it, it really does pay off to, you know, get more senior people, pay them more money because they're, they're building a company and, uh, you know, it, it really pays off. Got it. And, uh, you know, one of the products was Exco, which lets people, you know, take their leftover hard drive space and rent it out to users that need uh, cloud storage space. Um, and it's secure and encrypted. You know, uh, 
how how does that happen you know how can how can i take my hard drive and give it to you and make money out of it so so that product we've also uh, evolved it a lot so we've made that product much much better uh, in the sense that um so right so while we were building the product we allowed anyone to join that program so right now uh that was xcore then it was rebranded also to internext core i mean it's just like we you know we we, we thought that keeping the internext brand under all our products that was uh better in terms of you know growth um but um <clears throat> and brand awareness but uh, essentially what we've done with this program is that we are only allowing uh, professional node operators to join our network so that means that we're not allowing just anyone to you know install this program in their computer as we used to do why is because you know you, data is very cheap so usually if you if you're storing your you know data on your computer you're just going to earn a couple dollars per month so it's not that interesting so people get frustrated um also your internet connection is not that good your computer goes on and off we have to keep many replicas of the files uh it was just like a mess uh, super expensive super slow uh you know a lot of issues because there's so many you know different people um so basically what we did is just keeping that program but making sure that you know node operators or storage providers basically uh pass a filter so you know we're making sure that they keep a standard where you know they're actually professional storage providers they have either data centers or or big storage capacity and can guarantee certain levels of uptime and speed and uh they've got certain levels of security firewalls uh, and so forth to make sure that you know it's actually more efficient for us but and and where do you see the future of uh, cloud computing i mean that's I mean a, a very complex question there's a lot of stuff being built around the cloud and and the internet in general uh yeah i mean that's 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 a, i mean th- th- there's a lot of stuff being built uh, you know right now there's there's a lot of very powerful cloud computing companies with a lot of you know with huge computing resources there's now this trend also web3 where cloud companies are or internet companies they're trying to build what you know what 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 essentially we're trying to build here at internet as well which is the next internet the next web uh where you know it's it's an internet built around the user because right now these companies google facebook all these companies they're built they built an internet around themselves and where the user is a product so web3 or this new cloud paradigm is basically building an internet that's built around the user and that truly you know cares about the user open source transparent private and secure by design and that's a huge trend and that's what we're building at internex and uh i think that's going to carry on and that's going to grow bigger interesting and, and where do you see the next 5 years for internex um so yeah so uh, apart from drive from the cloud storage service we're we, we, you know we're releasing internex photos which is a uh photos I and mean, then google photos alternative so essentially what we want to build is a g suite alternative so with all these ecosystem uh products um so you know basically building a a truly alternative to what people are using right now in, on the internet so an alternative to, an alternative to google photos alternative to google drive um we're also building internext uh, send which is a an encrypted uh file transfer service similar to we transfer or, or, or yeah all these file transfer services internext mail we also want to build so we want to make sure that we become a, a, a you know a relevant tech company with a different mindset so truly embracing privacy by design uh, truly caring about the user not selling your data and 
actually guaranteeing that we can't access your data. We are open source, so you don't have to trust us. You can just, you know, check the code. Um, yeah, so we just want to keep growing this year. As I said, we want to hit 200K in MRR uh, by December this year. Uh, and then potentially by 2024, the goal uh, is to generate over 10 million euros in revenues. So we want to keep growing fast within the next couple of years. And potentially within the next five years, you know, just become a huge tech uh, giant uh, with a totally different mindset. So basically doing what people are, or what these companies are doing right now uh, in a way that's different and that makes more sense. That's how we want to, that's how we want to tackle this. Yeah, no, I, I totally love the ambition. Uh, uh, I quickly want to do the top three. What's your favorite business book? Um, so I recently read a book called uh, Rich Dad or Dad. I think everyone's read it. Uh, that's a really cool book, I think. I would recommend that. We'll put that in the show notes. And uh, if you could go back in time when you start building Internex, what is the one thing you would have focused on or done anything differently? So one thing I would have done differently is when you're building a company, uh, you want to make sure that people are fully dedicated to the company. So hiring remote people, like, for example, back in the days we hired. So before these junior employees, we did another mistake, which was hiring uh, people remote uh, too early. So people from like Eastern Europe and all these countries where it's actually more affordable to hire. So you're building a company around people who don't care about the company. So, I mean, because, you know, they probably have other projects and they're not with you building the company. So you want to make sure that you surround yourself with people who truly care about the company. So we build, that's, that's why, you know, we build our company with our headquarters here. Right now, we also do remote. All these people I'm, I'm telling you from Proton Mail and stuff, they are, they're all remote. But they're, you know, it, it's built around something that we created that we all cared about, and now it's the time to do that. So, but hiring people remote too early, if they're not truly dedicated to the company and they're just like external, that doesn't work. Uh, and then also spending money on marketing too early, it's also not good. So you make you want to make sure you get traction with the product, you find product market fit, and we're very product like growth oriented now. We we did you know do a lot of inefficient marketing expenditures in, back in the days when we were just building the product. Um, you know, that's not smart. All right. And, and, and finally, uh, you know, what's your favorite online tools, for example, Gmail, Slack, Zoom? Um, yeah, I mean, we use a tool called Snovio for email extraction. So it's uh, usually when you want to like, contact a partner or, uh, I don't know, someone, a VC or whatever, um, you know, you don't want to send an email to their website contact email. You want to extract the emails of people who are actually building or behind the company because it's more likely that you close that deal or when you're selling your product, uh, you know, you don't want to send just a generic email or just, you know, some spam LinkedIn message. So this allows you to see the emails of the people uh, behind the company. And that's very effective in terms of reaching them out. Snovio, that's a really cool tool. Got it. You know, I'm into sales business. So I'm going to look into this and, and start using myself. Uh, I know we'll put that in the show notes. Frank, what is the best way people can reach out to you and know more about it the next? Yes, yeah, so people can just, uh, you know, they can contact me uh, if they look for me on, on LinkedIn or or if they use Novio on, in, on our website, they'll find my email as well. Uh, no, but, uh, you know, our website is internext.com. We're, we're, we're basically everywhere. We are on Twitter, LinkedIn, Telegram, we're everywhere. Um, so, yeah, that's that's how they can find out about us, internext.com. We'll put that in our show notes. Fran, thank you so much for taking your time and speaking to us. I really enjoyed my conversation with you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for listening to the Life Self Mastery Podcast, where we teach you how to start and grow your online business. For more information, visit Rohit's blog at www.lifeselfmastery.com.